Uh, Bro, if you could just sign this, please. Uh, what is this? Ah, uh, it's an extension request. For what? Uh, Jeremy's toast, it's just, it, it's not quite ready, I'm afraid. But we gave him a three-week break. Yes, you see, in the first day, what he did, he tried to fix the toaster. Um, so, also, here's the electrical bill. We get the house rewired after that fiasco. Um, so then when the toaster started working, his weed farm failed. Uh, here's the documentation and images associated with that as his proof. And then he broke his big toe. Are these um, two incidents related? Yes, but trust me, it's really not worth getting into it. Um, anyway, he needs at least another week to sort it out. Um, no, the extension is rejected. All right. Uh, I thought you might say that. He's not going to be very happy. So I made him submit what he had. There you go. Um, that's just a square drawn on a piece of paper with the word toast written in the middle. Yeah, it's still on the drawing board special. <laughs> what have you learned this week? Right, Mr. Shekman, here's an interesting one for you. Um, mm. The oldest ship still in service. I think I saw this the other day. It's that sailing ship that, um, well, like a, I can't remember what it's, it's for. It's on Lake Tanganyika, okay. which is a really long, so 670 kilometers long. Okay. Um, and it's 72 kilometers wide. It basically is one of the, the sort of big African Great Lakes. Yep. And it's a, a, a landlocked lake. Okay. So during the fun and games uh, that was leading up to call it World War One. Um, yeah. The, the, the Germans went, and if you wanted a ship to patrol the lake as a sort of okay, yeah. type destroyer type thing, you had to build it at the lake yeah, fair in the middle of <laughs> Africa. So in 1913, the Graf Gutzen was built on the lake. Okay. Um, during World War One, it was scuttled. Of course. Obviously in the lake. Still there. <laughs> it was salvaged in 1927. During its sure. lifetime, in 1997, it evacuated 75,000 refugees from then Zaire across, which is a DRC on the cool. left-hand side. And in 2015, it rescued 50,000 Burundi refugees, and Burundi's oh, right yeah. up at the top of it. In 1993, its triple expansion steam engines were replaced with manned diesels, and this ship from 1913 is still in service. You can, twice a week, it does a crossing on Lake Tanganyika. Now, Tanganyika, that, that it is a freshwater lake, hey? Yes. So that, that I'm sure, adds a lot to its longevity. Um, Certainly. I mean, they, they've, brought in, they've brought in Danish crews to do maintenance on it because you can't sail it to anywhere. No. And all the infrastructure used to build it in 1913 oh, has probably been gone. changed or, or, or grown over or whatever, yeah. And if you wanted a big vessel, the infrastructure with, let's call it, pretty poor African countries around it, who would pay for this? You're not gonna get one of those nice fancy North Sea ferries there because yeah. how the, you'd have to build it there. Yeah. You need big cranes for that sort of thing. So um, that was just an interesting interesting one, yeah. But uh, everyone that I've said, oh, I guess the oldest ship in the world, everyone'd be like, so I, I don't know how I found it, find out about it, but uh, it could have been one of those sort of YouTube suggestions. Yes, you know? yeah, as that so often happens. All right, cool. Right, we talked in the last one about word games, and yes. I, I found two words um, and, and a nice diagrammatic explanation of, of them. From and so the two words are accuracy and precision. Yes, and I'm looking at a bullseye target. Exactly. Let's yes. imagine archery or a gun target, whatever the case is. So the premise is low accuracy, low precision. It's everywhere. Every the the, the bullets yes, or the arrows bullets are all over the place. Exactly. Fine. 
low accuracy, high precision, high precision, all the, the bullets bunched are, up. are bunched up, but they're, they're nowhere near center. Yet. Exactly not. Let's assume center is our target point. High accuracy, low precision. They're close to the center target, but they're still Reasonable quite a spread. spread. And then high precision, high accuracy, or bullseyes effectively. Right. And I started thinking from a, a design perspective as to, is this something that you could consider in understanding design and more, I think importantly, judging a end solution. And specifically, if we look at the low accuracy, high precision, so a nice good bunch up, but missing the target. Yes. So that would be the idea of, to me, a design has worked. You, you've Whatever you developed, it, it looks great, it functions, it operates in the correct sort of way, but it has missed the target in that the design actually hasn't done what it should have done. It hasn't solved the problem. Correct. Obviously, what you never want is the low accuracy, low precision type thing. Yes. You, you have not done any, your design doesn't work. It's all over the place. Mm. There's nothing's pulled together, nothing's synthesized, and that sort of high precision is all pulled together as a synthesized yes. idea. And maybe one or two things have solved the problem, but the vast majority have not. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so if we then say the okay, obviously high accuracy, high precision is what we want. We want to both have Ideally, it functional yes. and solve the problem. Between the two cases, low accuracy, high precision, so nice bunch together, really functioning design, but you've missed the target completely, yep. to high accuracy, you're, you're close to the problem solving the problem, but there's still quite a spread, it hasn't been pulled together. Which of those do you think is a viable idea? And I say this because, especially when you've got an eight week project, you're not finishing the design by any stretch of the imagination. So. Which of those is necessarily the easier to correct, easier to continue, or the worst? Let's take our two favorite words. One uh -huh. is the problem, the other one is the solution. Yes. Well, the problem, accuracy versus precise. An accurate problem and mm -hmm. an accurate solution. With time, you can refine the preciseness. You can throw in the words. There's additional iteration. There's additional optimization. So you can get you can get everything to be lighter, um, stiffer, stronger, better fatigue life with okay. time. Yes. But what you're doing is you're improving the baseline design. So the baseline needs to be an accurate sure. type type thing. That would be what I would I would say is is better to do. So so go for the make sure your design works primarily. Yeah, go for the major accuracy um, with with let's say a bit less in the, in the words. So in other words, position. miss the the target but have it work rather than getting close to the target. Well, this one here, the high oh, okay. accuracy. High ac okay, yeah. so high accuracy, low precision. Okay, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Okay, because because no, precision is a thing. Accuracy, I don't think, is necessarily linked to time, whereas no. precision is. So precision yeah. is very much a time and effort. So yes. how well does it work? Um, how much FEA can I do on the chassis to test all the different load cases and all that sort of stuff? That's the precision of the chassis. Exactly. But if it is the correct type of chassis and it's the correct shape and it's the correct vehicle, then it's an accurate type solution. Yes, and I think that's the sort of key problem we encounter in a number of projects where what you have put forward is a very highly precise system. Yes. You have really designed the hell out of that gearbox, that that suspension system works tremendously. But because you've missed the target, your accuracy is so low that you've completely not actually solved the problem. Yeah. What that ends up becoming is something that has no actual fundamental use. You can find a use for it. 
So in that idea of taking the clump together shots, moving them back onto the target, your design was developed and it's there's a, a path that can be tracked as it goes through. When you start going off track and you start going off that path away from the accuracy, away from hitting... So your accuracy is veering. Yeah, yeah it's, it's veering off. Uh, for that case and especially with high precision it's very specifically veering off so it's not just kind of veering off as we would have for like a a high accuracy low precision Mm -hmm. where it's some stuff isn't quite hitting but it's kind of going in that direction the problem is is that to pull it back means to pull it back right from the first shot that's right going back to basically going back back to to the gun because what you can't do this is not some Hollywood movie where you suddenly change the angle of the bullet. Sure. Because what you've done, even, okay, let's imagine you do that in this analogy of changing angle of the bullet. You've lost energy because you need to expend yes. energy in order to move it. Now your design is no longer optimal. So what's what you right, can, turning your bullet into a, a guided missile exactly. to deal with a problem, at, which... <laughs> what you, you have to, what, at best, what you will do, your low accuracy will be maintained, but you will become a low accuracy, low precision. You might get one bullet to suddenly actually yeah. hit that, but the rest of the bullets are going to get a little bit wider because to control that, to control a mid-design, let's change everything. Because that's, that's when, and when, that, it does happen to a lot of students. Yes. They get to this thing where it's a case of, uh, well, I'm like, can I change my problem? And you think, how have you realized that? And that's a yeah. case of, at that stage, they've realized that the, the, the veering is a serious problem. Yeah. Um, yeah, the analysis is very precise, but well, it's for something else. And I think then, it, it, sort of extending the analogy a little bit further, when we, I mean, we're always going about it, but identifying the problem. A poor definition of the problem is like a person that has glasses not wearing them while trying to shoot. You can't quite see where that center target actually is. That's true. And also additional factors in that it's very easy to sort of shoot at a target from inside a, a, a room without going outside to check things like the wind and, and yeah. a bunch of other things. And, and, and that's why when it comes to the problem definition, there's a reasonable amount of work and effort involved in it um, because you have to, you, you literally have to do that march outside. You need to check the wind, you need to check the weather from where you're going to where the target. You need to, un- you need to like, understand everything that there is to do on the way there before you actually take your shot. And I think it's actually, that's actually an interesting one you can actually have an extra analogy for. It's that when you design in that closed box, narrow thinking, you can end up designing that in theory, you should end up with a high accuracy, high precision. But yes. put it in the real world where suddenly there is that crosswind, your high, your high precision shot moves the off target, target shoots, yes. moves off because you've got this obstacle, this environmental factor that's suddenly being thrown at you but you didn't account for the users being paralyzed. You didn't account for the speed bumps. You didn't account for the fact there is no atmosphere for your air brakes to work off of. Correct. Um, so in actual fact, if you were to take the spread, it's probably better for, let's say, your first pass the design to be the, let's call it the almost no precision, but some accuracy. Yes, yeah. And then to bring the bunch down. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. aiming, you're always, yeah, your, your accuracy is good enough that you're, you're hitting around the target. What you don't want is... Because, yeah, if, if you've got the widespread hit 
and then things start to move you still have multiple shots on the on the board it, it, exactly and, and you can realize that and you can change it as Pull opposed it to i mean i suppose this is why there are all those stupid sayings like keep your eye on the ball don't put all <laughs> the eggs in one basket i'm starting to see that uh, yeah, there we go exactly so it, the bush shekman bumper sticker about <laughs> <about> to open. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, actually then going on that, that, that idea of going straight to detail right from the start is the equivalent of, of, of getting your design, you've got that high precision immediately without looking at where those bullets are going. But uh, going for accuracy first, in other words, solving the problem first yeah. means that you then, you're getting things on target, they're centered around, if you do a distribution, the normal, the, the peak of that distribution is dead center. And then it's a case of refining, getting that distribution lower and lower through your further development, your detailed design, your iterations, your optimizations, yeah. and, and pulling it in. And so that what you get to the end is that if your design is not finished because of it's an eight-week project, you haven't done the manufacturing drawings, you haven't done the full cost analysis and marketing and all that, what you've got is high accuracy, low the precision. The primary system or systems that, that you started on are the ones that ensure the accuracy of all the unfinished stuff. Exactly, yeah. So I mean, if you're designing a 500 seat airplane, focus on, on the, the 500 seats and <laughs> getting it from A to B. Uh, the color of the lavatory door handles, that's yes. stuff for, for but way back. But forgetting the lavatories in the first place. Oh, leaving out lavatories for 500 people. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes, then no, that, then that, so yeah, it's that, that, that whole sort of thing of not leaving anything out because that is your speed bump that that's you right. have to so it, it really is about, and, and, and we've said this before, that once you've broken a problem down and you can use whatever words you want to do mm. um, to do that, but once you've got it smashed into little bits and pieces and you know you've defined what is required for each solution those are your little your, your prs's make up your urs etc yeah you can then solve them but the key thing with this is that it is solved in the correct sequence which mm. can involve parallel and yes. sequential tasks and it's also why we i certainly keep hammering home why when you are trying to evaluate concepts your criteria need to be in the correct order of influence oh yes because it is all about the accuracy of the solution rather than the precision yes well yeah so when we're getting that your, your first pass you've got your low accuracy low precision but the normal distribution is on center yes okay let, let's call it high accuracy rather in, in that analogy we're, we're close to center but we're not quite hitting so it. way you can explain that is if you've got this widespread of seven bullets and there's one on the bullseye have the widespread but identify which one which one was the bullseye? Which yes. one was more probably correct as opposed to the accidental correct one? And I think that's the important, the important thing to do. And then not to worry about those outliers. There, there is an be yes. identifier. Right? We've got that outlier, but for the most part, I've hit. If you find in that massive spread, nothing is close to yeah. the center, and we all fall. Okay, fine. But again, that that is it's such a high level part of your design that actually you haven't really done much. So going back, you know, changing that bullet trajectory, mm. effectively, yes, we are reloading the magazine and we're shooting again. Yes. We haven't wasted a lot of time in that first set of lining up, checking the scopes and stuff. Then, all right, cool, let's go through, let's, let's get it. Okay, we've got our spread down. Now let's fine tune our scope and our sights and stuff so that we can, we can get the, those bullets in closer and neater onto specific targets. And identify, okay, fine, 
I'm getting a spread off a little bit to the left and a little bit to the right. Okay, what am I missing? Right, I'm missing bullet drop. Okay, so let's take that factor into account. It's not to be afraid of it. It's like, I don't know how to take it into account. Mm. Get this. It is, again, that, that step by step by step by step. All right, I, I don't right now know how to tackle the specific part. Okay, but get there. But making sure at each point, if you make a change and all of a sudden everything moves to the left. Yeah. Okay, right. I, I have suddenly pulled my gun to the left there and I, I'm shooting off. <laughs> Okay, let, let, let's stop. Let's keep an eye on my accuracy at all points and work on precision. That's true. And I think one of the, the, the tools in terms of, you know, we talk about the sort of design processes, there's obviously that step step one. And one of the bits in breaking down the problem, I mean, for, for the third year era, is it's called the design consideration section. You yes. call it similar something? Yeah. Something I can't remember what I called it. Yeah, but yes. Well, but it, and effectively, that is the section where you're trying to understand how all the bits in the problem work together. And yep. I always say to students that, particularly if you want to try and understand how potential things within the solution work, that would be a bit like testing out each of your bullet spreads. If you tweak this parameter, do all of them come down? Yeah. Or does the one on the right come down? Is is there is there a pattern there? Um, and and then to to try and work out what is the biggest ingredient is it is it the crosswind is it the temperature is it the you know how many fingerprints are on the bullet what what does make the biggest top top change because then you understand how things are affected in in the solution because a lot of students do I call it, I'm starting to call it mindless iteration yes yeah where it's a case of what what are you doing why is this, why is this bus now covered in fur <laughs> and i think that that exact thing the, the bus is now covered in fur it's focusing on one bullet i will fix that bullet yeah but you're then not looking at what every other bullet's done so you've pulled that bullet that's gone high you pulled it down dead center but all you've done in general is you just pulled the entire set of your bullet spread down. That's right, yeah. So one bullet, again, still hit center, but now once more you've gone off topic. So it's that keeping an eye on your problem continuously. Yes. Making sure that accuracy still works. Make that change. That doesn't work. If that doesn't work, it's not a bad thing. If you've made a change and it's wrong, it, it's not like your supervisor is me looking at your shoulder. Right, now you failed. Cool. Get out. You're done. It's we only see it at the end. That's true. And I think one of the things that students struggle to understand, and I, I honestly still don't know why, is when it comes to the to the problem, have the thing where you've got the low accuracy, we'll focus more on accuracy than precision, yes, but yeah. get the spread on the board. Yeah. But notice that that first problem that you've defined, you're only going to add to it. Yes. But you shouldn't be changing it. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> changing it is pulling the spread somewhere else using a different target altogether and to be honest any any form of design if you were to write down your sort of your nice summary of the problem as you go through it that's going to become a longer and longer story yeah because you're going to be adding so yes it's a 500 seat airplane okay well tell me about these 500 people tourists business yeah. people how yeah. many kids how many babies are we transporting horses downstairs well you don't need to know that right up front yeah, you, so, but, yeah. But you need to know that when you get to the bit about seats and doors and toilets and food and lighting and temperature and all that sort of stuff, you need to know it in a lot more detail at that stage. But you do not need to know trends with in-flight entertainment <laughs> stuff right at the start. Energy consumption, mid-flight versus takeoff and so on. That's right, yes. And I think then, the so if you imagine a target and you have the rings of a target uh, where they do scores, the outer ring is one yes. score and the increased scores. When you're starting... It's just hit the target. 
Yes. That's it. And then as you add more detail, you're adding more and more rings. Yes. So you've got more and more definition to know, all right, okay, I've hit the inner three rings. Yeah. I'm close, but I'm not yet solving the problem. And the problem's got more definition. Correct. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think we can keep going on about this, but I think we'll call it there. Let us know if you have any suggestions. We'll get back to you. Toasting design, Shaka Shaka, Michael Boy. Cheers.